0: Hey everybody, welcome to Cheap Popcast episode number 100 Uh, Thank you for still subscribing to Cheap Popcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts Bless you for still being here I uh, you know you only get like one or two episodes a year on this free feed, so I should let you know that you can go to Patreon.com slash LazerTime, and almost every month we have a new episode of Cheap Podcast, with the exception of this episode 100. took a little bit more for me to come up with the idea for this episode and be inspired, but I, I really like what we ended up doing. It's myself and Henry Gilbert, uh, the other major wrestling fan uh, here at Laser Time. We go through our top ten wrestlers of all time uh, for each of us. Yeah, we just... Talk for basically an hour and quite some change about our favorite wrestlers of all time. Laser time, Patreon subscribers already got this episode like three or four days ago. You're getting it now, but every month you'll get a new episode of Cheap Podcast, and you'll also get plenty of Cheap Podcast commentaries, which are uh, no sync necessary commentaries for many big matches and right when we're putting this episode up for all of you uh, patrons are getting exclusively they're getting the 1990 debut match of the undertaker uh it's exclusive for patrons and it's really really fun i got chris and matt talking about that match and it's really fun but yeah enjoy episode number 100 of cheap podcast it only took us five years baby
1: there is only one word to describe you and I am going to spell it out for you. S O F T.
0: Welcome to Cheap Podcast, episode number 100. This is the unprofessional, Patreon-exclusive podcast about professional wrestling. I am, as I have been for 100 episodes and a couple bonus things here and there, Dave Rudden. And I've got a
1: guest with me. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, uh, podcast super fan and and wrestling super fan <laughs> yes. as well. Wearing a T-shirt, yeah, I am too. Uh, a and no, actually, I'm going to hold yes. mine off uh, okay. for a couple All entries
0: because right. it's it, there's a specific reason. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great to be doing episode number one hundred. It's been a, it's been actually it was like two months. It was right after SummerSlam our last episode, and mm-hmm. I was trying to you know I had that like a little bit of a delay. I don't know if you had this with, with Cape Crisis where it's like. Well, I guess you didn't because it was weekly. We had it's to like, do weekly. I was like, yeah. what do I do for episode 100? It feels like it's got to be
1: big. I definitely had a what do I do thing. And I I, uh, I think for episode, well, obviously I did a big thing on episode 100. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> came out of the closet. Yeah. But also I I wrote a sketch for it too. And then for episode 200 of Cave Crisis, yeah. uh, which was also the last regular episode, I did the superhero spotlight on Spider-Man, the, uh. one, the role I was born to play, baby.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to come out as a TNA Impact fan. Here, no, so that's, boo. No. Uh, no, but I thought... Yeah, so something special to do for this, and actually kind of recalling the episode of Laser Time where we... Like, it was you and I, and I think Grim and Chris... And we just went through like our favorite wrestlers because it was like, we hadn't really talked about wrestling at all on Laser Time or that much on Laser Time before that. Mm. And I, yeah, that was my first Laser Time ever. That was wow. that was five years ago, back in March, Man. Uh, November, uh, twenty twelve. Was the first Cheap Podcast. So we're coming up on five years, mm-hmm. hundred episodes. That's a and it's been a while years. since
1: <laughs> we did uh, the Wrestle Knots episode yes. of RetroNauts, where we also got to. Basically talk for two hours yes. about pro wrestling video games, which thanks to that uh, Kickstarter supporter of Retronauts who forced them yes. to do a wrestling episode. There's no <laughs> way Jeremy and, and uh, Bob would want to do a wrestling one out of nowhere, but I think we all did a great job. Yes. Yeah. So this episode,
0: you and I, Hank, are both going to go through our top 10 wrestlers ever mm-hmm. for episode 100. Uh, so let's jump right into that. We'll probably... Whoa. You know, if we if we do this fast enough, then mm. we'll talk about some of the new wrestling stuff that's happened over the last two months, which has been a lot. Uh, Honestly, but, too. I, much. I think a lot of it will just come out organically through yeah. uh, discussing all these wrestlers. So we're going to alternate between me and you for our top ten. Mm. So my number ten wrestler is <laughs> John Cena. What? Yes, I wanted. Are you I, you, have, you me? have to start John off these. John Cena sucks. You have to start this list off with a shocker. And I'm, <laughs> st- I'm starting with John Cena, who it I is think. quite a shocker. Who has really, over the last two years, turned quite a corner. Mm-hmm. I think, like, with his U.S. title run in 2015, like, that really mm-hmm. kind of solidified him as, like, oh, this guy can bring it every week. And, you know. He, a couple times over the last two years, he's had, like, those mailing it in matches. Like, mm-hmm. I would point at
1: WrestleMania this year as one of them. Absolutely. But, well, that was a storyline match. But yeah. he can
0: still have... And I think, like, this year, he's had a match of the year contender with AJ Styles at, yeah. at Royal Rumble. And, uh, yeah, like, I think my, John Cena and Royal Rumble just go together really well. I, mean, mm-hmm. I hope he does the, uh, the upcoming Royal Rumble in 2018. But I, yeah. I just think, you know, he's... He's putting people over more. I don't know if that was, like, his choice or if it's just like, hey, you're getting older. That's what you do when you get older. And WWE. he's starring in
1: movies yeah. now, so...
0: And, yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like, if he was on right now, I don't know. I'd probably be like, can someone else jump in and, like... Uh, Someone else should be the one who dethrones gender, not Cena, because that's the thing he does every time.
1: Yeah, it's. I love. I actually have come to love John Cena quite a lot, except when he, like, every once in a while he'll do a promo. They're like, no, this is the scene I hated from 2009 or whatever. Like, what you say doesn't bother me. I'm John Cena. It's like, well, they. cool. I even lost. Who cares? I'm John Cena. I'll always be Yeah,
0: the whole I don't give a crap kind of. Mm -hmm. It flies in the face when he does another interview where he's like, wrestling is my heart and my soul, and I love it, and it'll never go away. And it's like, it can either be one or the other. You can't be like this. A days guy, he can't be the intensity guy,
1: too. Yeah, no, but he there came a time where I was listing, like, whoa, well, he had this great match with CM Punk, but well, that was CM Punk. He had yeah. this great match with AJ Styles, that's just AJ Styles. But then you have to realize, like, no, it's yeah. it is him, too. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and
0: he keeps putting put, put like with that, uh, the uh, open challenge, like, yeah, he had great matches with, like Sami Zayn mm-hmm. and Neville. Who got released recently, uh,
1: yes. or who is leaving? He's uh, not around. Yeah. He was not released, unlike but, lots of people who yeah. were released.
0: Uh, but like he would just you know, have entertaining matches with guys who were. I mean, they wouldn't be five star matches, but it'd be like, oh wow, you had a match with Zack Ryder on Long Island, and that was like surprisingly <laughs> good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the first time I realized he could be a great wrestler is uh, his. Not the mania match, but a sixty-minute match with or sixty-ish minute uh, match with Shawn Michaels yeah. at Raw. Yeah, and yeah, I think too that Cena, Cena could have. He didn't have to try at all. Like yeah. he didn't have to become a great wrestler. He, yeah. and so you give him a thumbs up for that. And I think Paul Heyman was ahead of the curve on saying that John Cena would be yeah. like. When he's been asked like who would be central to your new ECW, he's like John Cena. And he's like, <laughs> what the fuck? You should have said Daniel Bryan. Uh, All right, so let's move
0: on to your number 10. Yes. I can never get his first name. Okada.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Kazushika Okada or Kazuchika. I've I've heard it uh, romanized Mm -hmm. several ways. But, yeah, Okada... So I want to say first off on this list, I don't have any uh, women on my list yeah. because uh, I'd say my favorite women wrestlers are WWE ones, and they yeah. just haven't had enough of yeah. a chance to really endure themselves to me. And I am too ignorant on Japanese women's wrestling, so I can't say that one yeah. either. Like and- NXT only really brought like women's wrestling to like
0: near equal footing in wwe mm-hmm. like that was four years ago and it's like four years is a good amount of time to build up a. and i'll have one person who i think has built up a okay. a good resume in that time but it's also yeah four years is, is kind of tough to judge
1: well like. and for me it's like well they had two good years in nxt and then like uh sasha banks would be on my list if she hadn't been like nobody yeah. she's just been fucked by wwe raw so much same with bailey anyway okada he is my only Japanese guy on the list. There's a million Japanese wrestlers I love, but right now, he is. His last five years has been so incredible. It's, it's not even funny. It's, it's that he appeared out of nowhere as, like, at 23, it, he was like, I'm the new ace, I'm the wrestling prodigy. And everybody's like, come on, you're not going to beat Tanahashi. And then he beats Tanahashi, and then he has incredible matches with every single person he faces, every member of the Bullet Club. He makes he makes the bad members of the Bullet Club look good. Like I don't want to say bad luck (laughs) valet is bad, but bad luck valet is not great. (laughs) But like Okada's matches with AJ Styles, like AJ Styles became internationally huge thanks to his incredible matches with Okada at the start. I love Kenny Omega, he'll be on this list. Spoilers, (laughs) but his best matches have been with Okada. I got to see Okada face uh, Cody Rhodes live this year, and I was like, this is incredible. Like, he made Cody Rhodes, who I like Cody Rhodes just fine, but at his best, he can have like th- a three and a half star match with most people. His match with Okada was incredible, like four and a half stars, or four stars at least, thanks to Okada's storytelling. And Okada can do kind of anything. He has amazing storytelling, amazing facials, his. Dropkick is the best in the world. Like it's such an amazing dropkick, and he can go forever. Like he's he has it all. Like he is one of the best performers in the world right now. The only negative I'd say on him is just his character is not my favorite. Like he's not giving promos. I love. He's not. His character is just cocky fancy boy. That's his character. Most of his character really goes to his manager Ghetto, who is both in storyline and out of storyline. The Promoter of New Japan. And so that kind of gave him like the favorite son status, but his whole adventure, actually, yeah, there's, um, if I can direct people to this amazing YouTube channel called Showbuckle. Mm-hmm. There aren't too many videos on it, but they're all amazing that tell you the story of New Japan. It showcases New Japan stories in a way that totally makes sense and explains them. And the one they did for, the two- parter the the Creator did for Okada versus Tanahashi and they're like five year long rivalry mm-hmm. is it's so amazing. It will give you even more appreciation for Okada. So that's uh, check that out if you don't believe me on why Okada is not easily number ten on my list.
0: All right. So number nine and number eight for me are both going to be instances where this, this these people are like fifty percent what they've done so far and fifty percent the promise that I see in them. Mm. And this is also this is the person I'm wearing a T-shirt for, sort of. It's Son of Havoc from Luke. Um, oh Wow! And I, I, because from the beginning of that show, Son of Havoc, man. yeah, who was like the ultimate underdog, and that's going to be a running theme for most of my <laughs> my. Wrestlers. That's kind
1: of my list too. Yeah. I, I, we both are clearly fans of Underdog. There's no, yeah. there's no show stoppers yeah. on here as and, HBK would call. And them. Son
0: of Havoc is also he's tied into my two guilty pleasures in life, which are wrestling mm-hmm. and reality television, oh. because he <laughs> was on Tough Enough. When it when it was in and, and basically uh, like half of the cast of Tough Enough from mm-hmm. 2011, uh, they basically are wrestlers it, who, that went to Lucha Underground. Like Marty the I Moth know. was yep. on that Tough Enough, Uh Ivalice was mm-hmm. on that Tough Enough. Those three, and I think a couple other people have just like popped up once or twice. Mm-hmm. But Son of Havoc on that show was like this indie guy who went on Tough Enough. And I, it was so sad like he got eliminated I think second <laughs> second after oh, Cameron the oh. only person who went from that god. show to the main roster god damn and uh so he got eliminated because he he was like trying to be respectful in wrestling and like oh I didn't mm-hmm. want to be like a showboat and like this exhibition match I had against this other guy like I didn't want to like do too much because I don't want to be a showboat mm. in front of all these like trainees, basically. Yeah, and Stone Cold was like, You got to always take your opportunities, blah blah blah. Oh, and it was so man. sad. Yeah, that is the kind and, of stuff
1: Stone Cold is going to hate hearing. Yeah,
0: and it's that was sad. And like, yeah, I just didn't see him for a bunch of years. And then he popped up on Lucha Underground, and I'm like, I'm already rooting for him because I loved him on Tough Enough. And mm. then he's basically, yes, the ultimate underdog on uh Lucha Underground. Was like, he lost like for half of the first season. And then, like, finally found the team, the trios team that he had um, with Angelico and Ivalice, I believe. And, like, they had some great trios matches. And so many times, like, the end of Season 2, we almost won the chance to main event the next year's Lucha. Uh, Ultima, Ultima Lucha. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then this year, having, like, such a great but heartbreaking match with... Um, uh, oh, uh, Pentagon. W- yeah, with Pentagon Dark, like... It well, was, he
1: has, like, eight names now because yeah. he quit his company and <laughs> yes. they own Pentagon Jr. So,
0: But, yeah, like, that match just, like, I've never rooted harder for a wrestler this year than for him to, and I was hoping, like, oh, that would be a great main event. Like, the three kind of, like, faces of Luch- I mean, mm-hmm. of course, Pentagon Dark is probably the biggest face they have. But, like, like yeah, mm-hmm. it, the, all guys who were in the original episode, like Prince Puma, Johnny uh, Mundo, and... Uh, And son of havoc. It didn't work out that way. He still had a great match in like one of the final, like hopefully the final episode. uh, But like I thought, it was a great bookmark or a a great uh, bookend. Where he started as this like underdog and almost main event. And it would have been great if he did main event, but he didn't. It just felt like a very Chris Benoit WrestleMania twenty situation where it was like yeah. he could have like made his way into this main event with two of the big names and like just snuck out a win.
1: And I loved his look. Uh yeah, I don't have any Lucha Underground people on my list. Pentagon will probably be yeah. there. Or uh nah, Pentagon is such a perfect character. Ricochet slash Prince Puma is also high on my list, but his thing is that he he needs more of a character for me that is as you'll see on my list almost all of them have great promos to go with character as in my number nine
0: kurt angle
1: (laughs) yes kurt angle who just returned he is so, I'm going to say this right here. If a certain day in June 2007 went differently, number one on my list would be Chris Benoit, yeah. but he can't. I will yeah. not do that. Like can't do it. Yeah. I can't watch his stuff. It is not the same. But his matches with Kurt Angle are some of my favorites of all time. All time. His Royal Rumble match, top five match of all time for me. But Kurt Angle is a common denominator in a million great matches. Like, he... He can just go, and he can be anything he needs to be. Yeah. He can be the silly guy. He can he can be the MMA guy, yes. and he can be a spot fest guy too. He, he can he can really bring it for WrestleMania, yeah. like his WrestleMania matches with Shawn Michaels, and also uh, was his one for the history books. Yeah. His one with Brock Lesnar was incredible. It even showed how great he was at like, yeah. wait, I'm almost dying. You're not supposed to break yeah. your neck in this, and then. But it's also that his character is incredible. He, as such... That he could be, number one in his first year, the best wrestler on Raw. Yeah. He, uh, he could also be the funniest guy on Raw. That he yeah. knew how to be funny. He knew yeah. how to be a character. He could he could put on a cowboy hat and be silly. Yeah. He could have his head shaved and have the best head shave reaction you've ever seen. Yeah, like even the... The dumb stuff with
0: Jason Jordan lately, mm-hmm. like he did his part to like be emotional, and like I'm yes. so proud of my son. Even though it's fucking 2017, and we know he, it's we great. all know like, he's
1: giving interviews where he's like, "Oh uh, yeah, it's hard. it's weird to pretend he's my son," but he's doing it yeah. great in the moment. And and yeah, also even in TNA, I I didn't watch TNA that closely, but his intensity is yeah. one of the three eyes was so perfect like yeah. him and Samoa Joe was incredible and they gave like an MMA presentation to that that WWE could never touch like yeah. it was something and and yeah that he could even have just these funny moments just his singing of the sexy Kurt song I love that <laughs> yeah. his I also love when he tricked Brock Lesnar with his brother and then afterwards he's like I love my brother and not in the way all you Kentucky people love your <laughs> brothers alright it's, it's so he was he can always be funny and yeah. so that's uh, and his speech i kind of wish he'd celebrated his career more in totality at his hall of fame speech this year yeah but him showing off all of his funny moments was like yeah you yeah, they, it do it all. yeah though it's a good point on the newest osw review they talked about how ron Killing's got kind of fucked because he's too good at comedy so you're just a joke forever mm-hmm. and that's gonna happen that happens to so many comedy guys but Kurt Angle had such bona fides that even yeah. though he's like, well, you're great at being hilarious. He was hilarious from the start. Like, hilarious from the that, start. Just
0: like the whole fake sincerity of like, intensity, oh, God, integrity, yes. and intelligence. You should all
1: love me. I'm the yes. greatest. I'm an American hero. You like, love me. I think it was
0: his first match or maybe second match where he like literally stops in the middle of the match like, you stop booing me on Malik. I'm an Olympic hero. It's like so that he yes. got it
1: from the start is astonishing. Yeah. Oh. And even triple H trying to bury him and call him gay. It was like, <laughs> Nope, didn't work here. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Kurt angle, my number nine. All right. So my number
0: eight, again, like I said, half promise, half what they've shown so far, is Charlotte.
1: Yes. And I was yeah, wavering I between that. her
0: and Becky Lynch because I think both of them have done the jump from NXT to the main roster the best and they've yeah. both kept up the quality of their matches. Their characters
1: just, weren't hurt like Bailey and Sasha's.
0: And I think Charlotte is just a, like at this point like I would say it's it's almost a wash between her, Becky and Sasha like who like on any given day I could say like that's my favorite mm-hmm. uh, female wrestler in WWE. But just the like upside that she has, and that like she's only been doing it basically for four years. Like she like basically started training at NXT, and mm-hmm. and like what she's been able to do in four years is like amazing. And like if she does this for another you know five, six, seven, eight years, like like where she can go from here is yeah. is amazing. And like yeah, that she's had so many great like pay per view matches. Like mm-hmm. she had that streak of like fourteen in a row, I think. And unlike a lot of like reins that go that long like hers like I never felt like okay they are they drawing this out like will mm-hmm. someone just take the title off her I never felt that way with, with Charlotte Flair
1: yeah and she has amazing chemistry with all she has the all of the four horsewomen women work great together but I say per capita she has the best chemistry with all of them like she can have the best match with Sasha she can have the best match with Bailey. she can have the best match with Becky I'd say and that I think the only problem I have with Charlotte at the very moment character wise is like she should still be a heel to me yeah. or at the very least it's, like she uh, needs yeah. to be It's tough if she's cause, not the heel yeah. then uh, sorry yeah. if she's not the heel then she should be the top baby face she is yeah. the Brock Lesnar of the Yeah, because right division. now she's just like
0: it's just like kind of not wheels turning but it's like mm-hmm. well you know Charlotte's going to be the number one contender eventually like, it's yeah. just weird that there's months where it's not happening it's, they just have to
1: like kill time yeah. until but, she is and she's also
0: in a weird place where it's like can you boo a, a woman whose father almost died yeah. and, like, why right, didn't she just put out? out a book about it too oh, right?
1: really? well, yeah, it's uh, basically it's the second Flair autobiography but I think they realized halfway through there's not enough about Flair <laughs> hasn't lived enough yeah. life since the last biography to yeah. make a full book so then and I went they... to drink at this place <laughs> Well, so then Flair, uh, like, Rick wanted yeah. to transition it into make it about Man. Ashley. I do right? have to,
0: I, I wonder if that book they that Rick Flair touches on the uh, SummerSlam thing that we got. Ooh, at. I,
1: I, bet, I bet they kind of got, well, yeah. I have heard, I heard early reviews of his 30 for 30 and that it's, one, incredibly uncomfortable to watch this stuff about Reed Flair, uh-huh. but then also that, like, they kind of skip over the uh, Monday Night Wars era of WCW. Uh-huh. They, they treat it almost like it was nothing for no. Flair, which... And then the I know, message, like, he had a, ba- like, for he had a bad for about two years, time. and yeah,
0: he had a bad time on Nitro. But
1: then the the other part of it is apparently that he is an alcoholic, yeah. and it's just him coming. Which is like, I'm glad you're dealing with it, but that, that was your character. Like, mm. your character was you drink all the time. Mm. Anyway, Ric Flair's not on my list, but he's yeah. also, yeah. I would agree, Stone Cold Steve Austin said he's the greatest wrestler of all yeah. time. He probably is, but I think what hurt Flair for me on this list is once I realized, like, oh yeah, Flair... Every flare match is the same, yeah. and he can have the same great match, but he has no real flexibility with it. That, yeah. that hurt him in my estimation. And I again, mean, yeah, and love all, the underdogs. Yeah, He's and not an underdog. I think most of, of his, like,
0: like man, uh, when maybe he retired. and 20... I think? Yeah, uh,
1: he has 24 Mania. So. Yeah,
0: so like 30 years of wrestling, and I'm only acquainted with like 15 of them. Like, I haven't really watched his stuff in NWA, so I'm yeah. kind of out of the loop on that.
1: Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's not on my list either. Even though he's but when you yeah. see clips from the seventies of him, you're like, "Oh, this is your prime time." Yeah. Like when we saw you in the late eighties, you were already yeah. uh, and, past your prime. And also, still great. To
0: put this one aside too, I don't think I think we both realized. I thought I think we each thought the other was going to put Hbk on their list. Yeah, the other yeah. Of us did, and yeah, Shawn Michaels is also pretty deserving, especially since he's like he had he would have already had like an all time great career before. Mm. The 2002 comeback, but like then he had eight more years of great
1: wrestling. The best, like, probably still my favorite match I've seen live is Undertaker HBK at WrestleMania 25. Yeah.
0: All right. So moving
1: on to your number eight. Yes, my number eight. Kenny Omega <laughs> Bang. Yeah, it's Kenny Omega. He's honestly should be higher on this list, Man. but he just hasn't there haven't been enough years of him yeah. being my fan favorite, so but yeah, Kenny Omega fucking rules. Like he is he is the HBK of this generation in that he he not only knows how to like have an amazing match with anybody and like make every match feel like a big match, but his commitment to his character and building his character uh, is his HBK level of how he but HBK only had to do it every Raw like in the 90s <laughs> Kenny lives it he is that he is that at ROH he yeah. is that in New Japan he is that at PWG and he is that online all the time and in the being the elite specials <laughs> too and uh, it's just uh, he, he's just incredible committed to it but it's also that he's like he'd always been an amazing wrestler you could watch like him facing Brian Danielson yeah. 15 years ago and he's still so good but it was his discovery of the cleaner character and yeah. him turning heeled and joining the Bullet Club that I think truly elevated him yeah. and I also love how he plays around with the sexuality and everything <laughs> too I do like that but biggest of all was this year of him having that match with Okada all his matches with yeah. Okada this year six have star been- matches yes yeah his six star matches
0: that a guy who's been writing about wrestling for like 20 20- plus years mm-hmm. invented higher ratings yes. for these matches.
1: Well, it? he originally worked only on a Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. originally only worked on a four star system. And then he saw a match that was so good. He had to give it <laughs> five stars. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's that is it. So five stars used to be reserved for everything. And now there's, he's never given, I don't know if he's given a five and a half star rating yet, but, but anyway, yeah, The Kenny Omega story of the last two years, especially of him, him throwing out AJ Styles, yeah. becoming the leader of the bullet club, uh, winning, The G1 Climax being the first ever Gaijin to ever win G1. Main eventing Wrestle Kingdom when even people in Japan were like, I don't know, Kenny isn't ready for it yet. And then making a ton of new fans, making New Japan bigger in America than it's ever been before. Then becoming the first US champion at the tournament I saw this year. And having a 60-minute draw with Okada. And then going to the G1 Finals again, though, losing to Naito. Just incredible. On top of that, he just had like... Uh, uh, like he had his knee scoped recently, yeah. real knee surgery came back in two weeks, and oh then had God. an incredible match with Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson, <laughs> who he's really good, yeah. but Kenny made him great, and yeah. The, and then the lead up to whatever he's gonna do at Wrestle Kingdom excited me so much, I was like. I have yeah. to get I have to fly to Japan and say that I've bought my tickets now. I bought a ticket for me and then uh laser time good boy Daniel Fight. Wow. Uh he and I are going together and cool. seeing it. So I'll translate Japanese wrestling for him. He'll translate <laughs> Japanese for me. And uh and also yeah the Kenny Omega his versatility, too. He speaks Japanese, but chooses not to as yeah. a heel most of the time. And when he does, he usually does it to be an asshole. He is so open about, like, one of my favorite things he did in G1 is, like, that he has his, you know, trunks, <laughs> he has his yeah. black trunks he'll wear for a good match. But then he's like, man, these are the house show pants. Yeah. I'm wearing house show pants. So when he was facing somebody, he underestimated. He's like, this is house oh, show yeah. tights tonight. I'm wearing my T-shirt. I don't care. And so then when the dude rips his T-shirt off, you're like, oh, Kenny knows he has to get serious now. Yeah. So yeah, Kenny, Kenny will probably be in my top three in a pro- about a year, I would bet, so long as he doesn't murder his family. <laughs> I think the like the book club under him, It's it seems more
0: well-defined, I guess. I don't know. It's just yeah. like the previous leaders is like, there's Finn Balor, uh, mm-hmm. Prince Devitt, who's like I didn't see a lot of him as mm-hmm. the leader of the Bullet Club, but it was also like he was a very soft-spoken guy in general. So yeah. like and they then, were meaner, but yeah. they were
1: in, in both those. And under the AJ style administration, yeah. they were really just we're NWO lights.
0: Yeah, and it's all yeah like this is a thirty-seven year old guy, thirty-six year old mm-hmm. guy. Like it's like yeah, it doesn't work as well with a younger person like. Kenny. But when
1: Kenny and the Young Bucks took over, they also made it more about comedy. Yeah. It was the this the funny guys who were supporting characters in Bullet Club then took over Bullet. Yeah. Uh, All right, so this, I feel,
0: even now I feel like I'm rating him too high, but also kind of the reason, we'll be talking about another person who kind of, uh, I think, got us both back into wrestling around 2011, Uh, but the one who really got me back into wrestling in 2011 Was Christian my Whoa! number seven? Was Christian uh, because Man, the I, peeps are out. Yes, in and full here. Uh, I just I really like like what he did in 2011 is like amazing, and it kind of gets not as it, it gets a little overlooked with what CM Punk did that year, which was of course really great. But like mm-hmm. just like the series of matches that he had with Randy Orton that year, and just uh, like I said, I like underdogs. I like the guy who's <laughs> the underdog. like the the. Forgotten guy in a tag team, mm-hmm. uh, like he's just been able to eat like the Marty Jannetty, yeah. if you will. I, yeah, exactly. And like, uh, yeah, like when he returned from TNA, which is like those are five years that I don't know anything mm-hmm. about, really. He was
1: pretty great as Captain Charisma, yeah, there. But, but
0: like, yeah. yeah, his stuff in WWE, like some of the stuff before, like his single stuff in WWE with like Chris Jericho, I thought was really mm-hmm. good. And then coming back and doing stuff with Randy Orton and Sheamus, and like having like a, a, a bunch of great matches with guys who hadn't really had great matches in a while. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, part just because he's, like, kind of the linchpin, like, I saw in, like, it was, like, April, I think, of 2011, like, oh, Christian won the World Heavyweight Championship. And I was like, that's rad. Then I heard he lost it in two days, and I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> but it turned out to be, like, the best, like, angle of the summer besides Summer of Punk. Yeah. Like, that, that
1: yeah. He got he, overshadowed by the Summer of Punk. Yeah but, yeah, but,
0: like, he had four consecutive pay-per-view matches with Randy Orton that year, and they were all... Mm. Like among my favorite matches of the year, the extreme match he had at SummerSlam,
1: especially yeah, that but, was my favorite.
0: Uh, yeah, just I think one of the more one of the more underrated wrestlers of all time, and I really mm. like uh, the like I've had a hard time finding a wrestler-hosted podcast to listen to because a lot of them is just like a wrestler talking to himself yep. for twenty minutes, and then they, then in their interview, which can be good, and then yeah, ten more mm. minutes of this wrestler talking to themselves, and like Jim Ross, who's like one of the best announcers of all time. Even him, I'm like, I can only take so many minutes of you talking about, yeah. you know, d- like doing a Terry Funk impression or Stone Cold Steve Austin talk- talking about LA traffic. It's like. <sighs> yeah. Or Chris Edgen- Jericho talking
1: yeah. about, I don't care about this band, Chris. Yeah. I don't. Yes. Sorry.
0: And I am so- I can't believe you dedicate a whole interview to just this one guy. Yeah. Like, uh, that's in some rock band. I don't know. I guess about, it's like, his show, man. Yeah. So- I mean, Edge and Christian, like, they have great rapport. Oh, they're so good. The and- rocket strapper yeah. talk, they yes. them describing how they'd hurt each yes. other. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, and And they almost always have, like, main event WWE person yeah, on there.
1: Without ever hitting the talking points of, of yeah. stuff. Like when they had on Randy Orton, Randy Orton is swearing up a storm and yeah. saying, like, I'm sick of being this guy. <laughs> I want I thought when I'd become Uh, when I joined the Wyatts, I could put on a little weight and not have to like eat only (laughs) kale my entire, yeah, it sounded, I didn't realize the hell Randy Orton has to put himself through to look like Randy Orton into Mm. his forties, but yeah, actually I kind of wish if I had a tag team on this list, it would be edging Christian because they separately, they both had incredible careers and together they were the best. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're now we're moving on to the first of three people, and they're actually going to come up in pretty quick succession. Okay, who are on both of our lists? All right, yeah, you're number seven. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Yeah, and, I, uh,
0: who is also my number six. So we're okay, actually back yeah. to back.
1: Steve Austin. He fucking rules. Yeah. I don't like... Uh, there's some stuff in his personal life I will not yeah. apologize for, but it's not Chris Benoit level. Yeah. But, uh, but but that Steve Austin, the character, is one of the greatest ever. It's not that he... His wrestling was great. He was always great, but he was never like, this is an amazing yeah. man technician. He's the best in the world. But as a storyteller, yeah. I think, too, his podcasts and his interviews reveal even more to me of like, this all this stuff, it's what they don't want you to know either, but as a storyteller how good he is i yeah. just like no I did this then to tell that moment yeah. I did this to react that way then and yeah. I think the thing that put him over the edge for me was re-watching uh, some of the stuff uh, the, of his 1997 stuff that got yeah. shared and one of my favorites was him it was him live via satellite while Sid and Mick Foley are having a match in the mm-hmm. ring and he's just interrupting he's like you gotta talk to me cause you got nobody else <laughs> and, like, and Vince is trying to say like well so Steve he's like shut up I'm trying to talk to you you remind me of a horse's <laughs> ass I, I also my favorite line in it though in that thing that made me like just ooh, mm-hmm. goosebumps all over watching it again was him talking about like I wrestle with a blown-out knee? Didn't hear me complain once. Bret Hart whines about this. Bret <laughs> Hart whines about that. Can't nobody, can't nobody <laughs> tell me I'm gonna quit. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. And he also showed it off that he still has that, even though he's never going to wrestle again. Yeah. In that Paul Heyman podcast interview, when they say when they pretend him and Brock could have a match. Mm-hmm. He turned it on. He's like, I'm not affable Steve Austin anymore. I am the character Stone Cold, Man. and I'm going to scare the shit out of you. And he, he still had it. So it's his character work. And also, though, when he wanted to be funny, he could be fucking yeah. hilarious,
0: too. Like, he always, on his podcast, he shits on, like, those, what, year and a half, two years that he was a heel. Yeah. Like, after WrestleMania 17. And I'm like, that is hilarious stuff. Like, no one has went from, like, the badass champion to the like cowering behind daddy like yes, that yeah. like he was just like I I desperately need your approval Vince mm-hmm. now Vince
1: for yeah months. and the story he told before that that's one of my all-time favorite interview things of just Jim Ross in the middle mm-hmm. Rock and Stone Cold yeah. Rock saying like you will get the very best <laughs> of the Rock and then Stone Cold revealing how his heel turn is going to come he's like I need this more than anything, Rock. Yes. I do it was him saying, I will do anything to win that yeah. title. That's more important to me than being good. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah, the story he told and you know, if if Owen Hart had done a moves yeah. better, it makes you wonder like we could have had five more years of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and
0: that's astonishing that like in some some may, may say his best work. Like I think he did had fantastic stuff in 1997 like the mm-hmm. I Quit match with uh, with Brad at WrestleMania, but like from like ninety eight to two thousand three, he's basically he was basically working hard in some way, shape, or form. oh for sure, and it was just like his yeah his, his body just kept giving up on him like you know in, in different ways throughout those throughout those years. But like yeah, he had ama- almost always had amazing main events like they weren't like what you would watch now and consider amazing. But like I remember mm. ninety ninety like nineteen ninety eight like his run then like he's having matches with that with like mankind dude love like that are. Kind of garbage matches where they just brawl
1: outside the ring, but they were still exciting. Like, yeah, he could always make the brawling exciting. It's yeah. why when you see other people like, oh, we're gonna have a WWE yeah. main event match of brawling outside, yeah. it's like you're just you can't yeah. match Stone Cold with that. And also like his I mean, his rivalry with Vince McMahon is one of the greatest yeah. thing- uh, stories ever. Yeah,
0: and yeah. like his his three matches with Rock at WrestleMania are all really yep. really good. So good. All right, so moving on to – so skipping my number six, which is which also Stone Cold Steve yes. Boston. And I'll just say to add on this, yeah, 1997, like him and another wrestler that I'll be talking about later, they kind of got me back into WWE after like probably – like 96, not a great time for WWE, and I was mm. not really feeling Nitro. So I was just kind of just – you know, never, I never quit wrestling. I would just mm-hmm. read wrestling news and occasionally watch clips – but this was like, yeah, Stone Cold and another wrestler in 1997, who will name soon. Uh, they both kind of brought me back in in a big way, and mm-hmm. I've never really left since then. Uh, so moving on to your number six, who is also on my list. <laughs>
1: Brian Daniel Bryan whose shirt that, I am that, currently that, that. wearing yes. too yes, yes 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 no yeah Daniel Bryan I Say didn't also, follow him yeah. too closely as Brian Danielson yeah, the American here. Dragon in ROH but I'd always heard he was great and I also especially remember when uh, Chris Benoit died yeah. people were just like and eh, Brian Danielson's even better than Chris Benoit or he'll be better okay. and so and it's something too that you can see with Danielson that he was cool so obviously Mm -hmm. super influenced by benoit though what wrestler under six feet who was a technician wasn't you know Mm -hmm. a a pro like him but that you do with daniel with brian danielson you get incredible technique Mm -hmm. and technical status but also he had such great he already had amazing character stuff that he could show off in the ring like he was but he was mr wrestling that was his thing he was like I take things as seriously as as William Regal. Like he's really the son of William Regal and Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah. If you put the two together, but the thing was though, when the American Dragon came up to WWE, I also liked him in, a little bit because he was like, well, yeah, he's not supposed to be here, and he's gonna fail, <laughs> and obviously he'll get fired because he's a tiny indie guy. He'll fail as much as Low Key Senshi did, yeah. you know. But that moment of him coming back at that SummerSlam yeah. for the NXT for the Nexus match, I was like, "Holy fuck, this guy, this guy might fucking have it." Yeah. And but then he kind of flattered that shit with the Bellas. I was like, Ugh, yeah. "No," even though it in real life <laughs> setup is his, his uh, yeah. the love of his life, but. Then Team Hell No. Yeah. At first we were at the SummerSlam when it was Kane and Brian again, and we're like, yeah. man, this fucking sucks. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, I'm happy he has a match at least. Yes, like yeah. but, but then it started Team Hell No, and it was yeah. the heel turn that made everyone love him. It yeah. turned him it's something WWE is really good at yeah. picking regular heels, making them comedy heels, and then making them faces. Yeah. And they really should be doing that. They should have done that with Roman Reigns. They yeah. really didn't do that. Uh, but it worked so well for Team Hell No. Yeah. I think without Kane, Br- Daniel Bryan would not have ra- main evented yeah. WrestleMania. I mean, he, he had like the
0: that World Championship run right before Team Hell No. And I think mm. like he's he went crazy because he lost the title of WrestleMania in eighteen yes. seconds. And but like yeah, he he kind of tasted the main event mm. and like for I think for a while I was like okay maybe that'll be the best he ever gets and that's good. But then he main evented. WrestleMania 30, yes. which is like, and is one of the few guys to like wrestle twice out of WrestleMania mm-hmm. and win both matches. Like, that almost rarely happens. Yeah. And it's like, even though after yeah. that is a lot of like, you know fits and starts like a couple of good matches he had a couple of good matches post WrestleMania 30 mm-hmm. but well, he you know, could but only he, have them so yeah, long but it, like like his Roman Reigns fastlane match was great and his mm-hmm. WrestleMania match which was the we ladder got to
1: see. match yeah and also the other match we got to see him and John Cena was oh, so good yeah. it was just it was a sequel to the CM Punk Mo- money in the bank ladder yeah. match or money in the bank match because yeah. it was just the battle for the soul of WWE yeah. and that's when Cena was at his best because he's like I represent the corporate yeah. WWE you represent the guy the fans really want and then we're gonna give it to you and the fans get what they wanted and now they've been aggressively not doing that for a very long time which is kind of bullshit but yeah yeah. and then daniel bryan could have a great match with anybody (laughs) the the only negative i'd say about him is he took he took all these risks like dude you don't have to do this on a nothing show like Mm -hmm. you don't the one i got
0: smackdown back before it was smackdown live where it was just like this is the thing that we taped on tuesday and we're airing on friday and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah I mean that you should you know anytime you're on tele, especially when you're on television you should be working hard but like don't like do, yeah don't do a suicide dive mm. that you miss on a show that's like half when he, the when he came
1: all. back the last time he took a dragon suplex from Luke Harper yeah. and I'm just like you're just doing this to show that yeah. you're a tough guy you're like you can't make me change myself like you yeah. really probably should and it makes me sad to see that what he could he'll never have a match with Brock Lesnar even if he comes back he'll never have a match with Brock Lesnar yeah. and I he seems pretty secure in wanting to come back and Bree Bella seems okay with it so I'm sure I will see him wrestle again but I just don't think it'll be in WWE because yeah they'd rather he'll cost them a lawsuit yeah. that's really what it's about and so they'd they'd rather empower New Japan pro wrestling than have than lose a lawsuit thanks to Daniel Bryan but anyway yeah his, and his character once he discovered the yes character and could be crazy funny on the microphone when he needed to be or intense when he needed to be and making fun of Batista's uh, belly button piercings. (laughs) Like I love that shit. Loved it. So yeah. All right. So my number five, who was on your list originally,
0: but I think uh, you shifted him off. Sami Zayn, he was very close. Yeah, yes. and uh, who I'm hoping is like finally breaking through on the main roster because, like, I'm just I'm, and this is again like a uh, little shame that I didn't follow his indie work as well. Or this guy, mm. not him, El or, Generico, yeah, the, some guy named after Generico, yeah. Who well, I've just friend. told, I've been told they have similar styles, so I would <laughs> yes. watch his matches just to get a style of Sami Zayn. But mm. just, yeah, like his work in NXT was amazing. Like he's probably. The best NXT performer that there was, like his yeah. entire run, which was like coming close so many times, like Neville, you know, telling him like you can't, you can't make it because you're not, you don't have that edge, and don't then have the killer and, instinct. And then man. he finally like lets that come out. Then he had, then that leads right into the stuff with, uh, with Kevin Owens that was amazing, and yeah, even his last match with. Uh, uh, with Shinsuke Nakamura, which is probably still my favorite Shinsuke Nakamura match. And not to not even to mention his stuff with Cesaro. Yep. Yeah like yep, the, that yep. was like that's what got me to
1: first notice NXT. He was the spirit like, of that, NXT. Yeah, I, the two out of
0: three falls matches amazing.
1: I didn't know yeah, I wasn't watching NXT at all until I saw uh the David Shoemaker of the Ringer, then of Grantland. He is like every wrestling fan has to watch this two out of three Falls yeah. match. when I watched it was like WWE wwe's doing this yeah. who the fuck what's going on here and it also made me a huge fan of cesaro who if yeah. he wasn't being like fucked over so bad yeah. he'd probably be on my list too but that he should have more of a chance to showcase himself but yeah the story i i just felt Sami Zayn was just a tiny bit short for my yeah. short of my list but that he yeah his his story is the story of nxt like yeah. he is the perfect nxt story of you're not supposed to make it you're the broken toy yeah. The Vince McMahon won't want, yeah. and then you finally achieve and make it there. Yeah. But then also, it's a heel territory, as, as mm-hmm. Paul Heyman has explained to me. He talked about uh, in in podcasts, mm-hmm. he said, like, WWF mm-hmm. was a face territory, meaning a face was always on top oh, yeah. and beating back villains coming to get them. WCW or Dusty's were heel territories where the ah. heel was almost always on top and it was faces chasing them. And the face would win, mm-hmm. but not have a long reign. And that's that's how it worked for Sami Zayn, too, that Sami Zayn was chase, chase, yeah. chase, finally gets it, gets maybe two title defenses, and then loses it because yeah. he's a dumb face with more heart than brains. Yeah. Just like Sting. Yeah. But, yeah, I also would say the acting on Sami Zayn, his moment in his Neville match of first holding yeah. the belt and, like, I could cheat. <laughs> I could do it. Do I do it? He almost gets pinned. Yeah. But then when he ex- does the Exploder Soup, like gets in the corner, the push down his face, the hand over his face as he gets serious before fi- doing his finisher, that is like an alt that had me in tears seeing mm-hmm. it at the time. I was like, he did it, he did it, and yeah, and now his new character. I was, I had, yeah. not, I, I had a knee jerk reaction of yeah, yeah, like first of all,
0: I was happy to see him in a, in paper a story view. Yeah. yeah like oh wow Sami zane's in the main event meanwhile like we were at raw last month and didn't hear Smackdown like i'm oh, sorry didn't we were show Ra- up nothing didn't, yeah and i wore my Sami Zayn shirt and i was the saddest little boy there. we did get to see racism but uh, but like that he's now in a main event program mm. and is doing like didn't this is a guy who is like he says it on like the and christian podcast like oh you're like a ricky steamboat type who like Never, never expected the person to be heel at all. Yeah, and that he's like
1: he's already doing a good job of it. Like his it, his obnoxious just, yeah. skanking in yeah. the face of that he still kept his same music too. He's yeah. like I'm not changing my music. I'm just gonna be super <laughs> smug about it. Woo! Yeah. And that he also he's he's the thing that uh, Brandon Stroud at Up Rocks yeah. constantly points out is like no the the heels are right. All their yeah. things are right, and the good guys are bullies who just yeah. say like eh, fuck you. You dumb. Yeah, and and
0: this like. At the very least, even if this turns out to be a bit of a flop, it kind of adds a bit because the whole Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens story in WWE has been like, oh, they used to be friends, but now they're not. And yeah. they didn't really... You like, didn't you, see him. be Here's friends. a file photo of them. Here's a mm. picture from their Instagram of them hugging when they were like wrestling in the indies. But it's like, you don't have that in WWE. Yeah. Now you do. Now you it, at least have them as friends and enemies. I mean, this and, could
1: set us on the path for a Owens-Zayn WrestleMania yeah. match when... when Owens finally turns on Sammy Zayn as we all expect to happen. Yeah. All right, so moving on to your number five. Chris Jericho. Yeah, one of at, my favorites and, ever.
0: And that he's... Been able to reinvent himself like three different times is at is least amazing. three different yeah.
1: times. Yeah, that Chris Jericho. i If it wasn't for his last run, yeah. I might not have even have put him on this list because yeah. I've been like, yeah, he's good in the twenty years. But in, after this but new run, this he new just run, made the list. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> no, kept Chris Jericho was first one of my favorites in WCW. Like I, I came for the cool heels in the NWO mm-hmm. and staying and all that. But then I would see the cruiserweight division and the cruiserweight division like. If you'd never seen Luchador Wrestling before, mm-hmm. seeing Rey Mysterio and Juventude do all this awesome stuff was amazing. And then seeing D. Malenko be like Mr. Technical was so great, too. But they not none of them had characters. Eddie had a character, but pretty much nobody else had a character. And then you had Chris Benoit, who was just like an insane goofball, <laughs> who was just always talking about conspiracy theories and acting like a rock star and putting his hair in like quadruple ponytails. And tearing up signs when fans had it <laughs> and and he'd be like this is monday night jericho it's a conspiracy yeah. his one-sided feud with goldberg yeah. his him going to washington dc to look for the rule book <laughs> to let him do this his his reading of a thousand and four holes, holes. Yeah. his uh, and when he'd lose you'd be like awesome this yeah. guy lost even when he was go back and watch uh, Halloween having 1998. He didn't even have a television title match planned and they just threw him together with Raven. And it was like, well this is heel versus heel. Yeah. But just in one promo, Jericho's like, "Oh, and I'm so sad I don't get to face <laughs> Raven." <laughs> and then of course his debut on Raw yeah. against with with The Rock was one of the best Raw moments of all time. And the like, Y2J yeah. countdown. Yeah.
0: And like the he made yeah. a huge deal. <laughs> like the biggest like after so many years of a WCW or sorry, WWE wrestlers jumping to WCW, like his was the one where it's like, Okay, now the guys are going the other way because WWE is cooler. Like yep. there was a big show before that, but it's really Jericho is the one like, Holy crap, I can't believe he left. Yeah. and he's like yeah, he was under Utilized in
1: WCW, he and- absolutely was. He was never going to be in the main event, and yeah. though he took him a while, yeah, it took him a while to get in the main event in WWE too. But he was he was an amazing intercontinental champion, yeah. one of the best IC champions ever. Yeah. He could have a great match with anybody, but his thing was like I've always thought of him as like on his best night he is an A minus performer, normally yeah. a B plus performer, but his character makes it matter so much more. It's yeah. why it's why he became a star, and D Malenko didn't, even though D Malenko is yeah. a better wrestler, and they're rivalry yeah. was awesome but yeah he also became the first ever uh, in, uh, uh wwe uh, and wcw yeah undisputed yeah. champion he's always such a great heel whenever he wants to be yeah. his face stuff is is good too but not always the best i, I i'm not uh, the biggest fan of his trash bag hoe moments <laughs> but uh, you please oh. shit. <laughs> but then he comes back in 2008, and he was the best in the world at what I do and super serious yeah. and his Anton Chigurh mm-hmm. pretty th- thing. He he basically was doing a Nick Bachwinkle character, yeah. but no, we, I didn't <laughs> know that at the time. Yeah. And he was so great at that. Mm-hmm. He could be in a tag team with anybody, and it, you'd be like, yeah, they're a great tag team because yeah. he's so good at that. And that's so undervalued in WWE. Yeah. Him and Jericho, like yeah. Jericho shouldn't be good. Yeah. And then this most recent thing, like when he came back the first time, Uh, when he kept coming back as a face yeah for a while it was "Eh." like just like greatest hits jericho yeah "Eh, and he was okay okay with punk but though i wish he'd won that royal rumble that year that would that should be a feather in his cap to be like he's also a royal rumble winner which he is not though he has done the most time in a royal rumble more than any other person Uh. he has broken that record but then he came back as this like "Eh, dad bod goofball Hmm. And then he turned the heel and it was like, oh, this is perfect. You're perfect that he, and that you then know his, when you find out that he writes so many of his things, you're like, oh, that's why your stories are better than Mm -hmm. most anyone else's in WWE, because you don't let a bad writer write a bad story for you. You say, no, this storytelling sucks. Mm-hmm. This this moment should be this moment. This list should be here. The breakup should go this way. Yeah. All these things. And he makes it way better. Yeah. And he had a great match with AJ Styles too. Oh, yeah. A great little feud there. And then he also, again, he just, it was so funny to see, separated by more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. He started as a bad guy in WCW and he was so good at it mm-hmm. that he eventually became a face just because mm-hmm. everybody loved it. And then the the uh, the list of yes. Jericho became so popular like no we love you you're your yeah. your face. All right, so
0: moving on, my number 4 Mr. Perfect. Wow. Yes. This is, yeah. Probably the oldest wrestler that I'll have here. But it was like the first. My first ever favorite wrestler was mm. Mr. Perfect. Yeah. And even I didn't though like he's because like... he
1: was a Hogan enemy, I was like, Buddy oh. enemy. Hogan I loved
0: is... him because he was. Yeah. He like poked the bear that was Hulk Hogan. Mm. Never. He never had the same level of like. He never had a WrestleMania match with Hulk Hogan. Really, mm. I don't even know if he had like a pay per view match against Hogan. Like he. He was more like, was, like a house show. Yeah, like, like an Saturday Night Main Event kind of yeah. stuff. But like, just. I hadn't really watched wrestling at all before him but I loved the whole like I'm better than everyone else kind of gimmick I'm and perfect. like I'm unbeatable and he did because he'd have the best matches like mm-hmm. he would have like Hogan would have like the slower you know main event style matches but like, Mr. Perfect would have the great matches against like Bret Hart
1: and yeah uh, and also other, him smashing yeah. the belt was like whoa yeah. that blew my mind as a
0: kid and it was like I think it was the first time I had I rooted for a wrestler to win to beat the champion mm-hmm. and it never happened like yeah. I always thought like oh you know, perfect. He's going to break through. He's going to finally beat Hulk Hogan and never happened.
1: No, but then when he got shuttled over to the IC Championship, he was a great yeah. IC Champion. Yeah. And he could coronate Brett. And yeah. it's just unfortunate that, like, his injuries and yeah. uh, personal issues yeah. uh, held him back kind of from yeah. the really great run yeah. he could have had.
0: I mean, he had like four great. Three or four good years in WWE, had like one or two good years in WCW, and then a quick comeback, which gave me hope, but never really worked out. It was out. a
1: really nice little comeback, yeah, yeah. It Yeah, he was great, and when you watch his stuff now, you're like, oh, this selling is amazing, even yeah. though it's like overdone, yeah. but just his, my favorite is his like kind of spring out of a turnbuckle spot, yeah. that's, that's great.
0: Uh, all right, so let's move on to your number four.
1: Latino, heat. yes, yeah, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. He again. He's uh, Chris Benoit would be he yeah. probably here, but Eddie Eddie was also the great. They were like yeah. one A and one B. Yeah, and
0: yeah, that their stories converge at WrestleMania twenty was like yeah. it was so beautiful. Yeah. I, I actually would have preferred if they both won the championship at WrestleMania that mm-hmm. year, but still, like...
1: Well, it was a big yeah. deal for Eddie to win it at the Cow Palace. Like, the yeah. Bay Area was a big... California in general was yeah. a big territory for the Guerrero family. Ah. So that's that's kind of why they did it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Eddie... Eddie Eddie's he's Guerrero. the only person... Sorry, but, like, the only person to ever
0: win the world championship by cheating and it's for it to feel good. Yep, like, yeah. It's like, oh, it's totally what he does. Well, so.
1: that's, in general, what I do love about Eddie is that he was handed some of the most stereotypical racist shit mm-hmm. ever and he it didn't get him down it didn't hurt his like pride he he made it work yeah. he made terrible stereotypes handed to him work like he in WCW tons uh, of racist shit was thrown at him and he was like no I'm the best yeah. I'm awesome I'll start the LWO and talk yeah. about and make us they had to make them the bad guys but he was very clear of like yeah we're just stuck in this shitty position we're killing ourselves and we'll never be anybody on here because we're Mexican I remember as a kid wanting to buy an LWO t-shirt and even Mm. then
0: I think realizing like yeah, not appropriate for me. No. Shouldn't yeah, be wearing a yeah. shirt. <laughs> yeah,
1: but but so he was great in WCW. Like he but he could only get to a certain level. And like his his Halloween Havoc match with Ray thirty years ago is one of my favorite matches ever. Yes. He he was such an amazing storyteller, and just like Chris Benoit, he held himself to an insane standard, which like is also what pushed his body too far. But that he but that standard made every match great he would he would do things like you don't have to do this eddie and and his frog splash which he got from his late tag team partner art Barr, he did it better than anybody like rob van dams has more height and it's more explosive but like it was never as precise or as well done as eddie's and so then eddie left in the radicals and like he was handed the latino heat character which was like they're like oh well you're a latin lothario like fucking (laughs) great and you're in love with china and she because she's bigger than you and you're small didn't matter like he made all of it work and then the lie cheat steal eddie again became a heel to comedy heel and i just I, i watch those clips now and sometimes i'm like does every word you have to be have to be like Holmes essay or Poppy? Like yeah. you say that every fucking time. <laughs> it's like you were you're born in El Paso, dude. This is not. But he had to play. It's close it. To Mexico. <laughs> yes, but but that he did great with it, yeah. you know, and his low-rider stick, all yeah. that stuff, and his matches, his Brock Lesnar match, his his uh, Kurt Angle match at Mania, like he. He could be the greatest yeah. ever when he wanted to be, yeah, like all it. the way up to the end, like his all the way, to the like, end. At,
0: at, like his stuff at the end, where like basically like trading on his entire career of like mm-hmm. you, we're you're only known as yes a, a liar, a cheater, and a thief. How am I supposed to trust like Batiste saying how yeah. am I supposed to trust you? And it's yeah, just like, no, that. I'm your friend. Please trust me.
1: Yeah, and his return his yeah. his feud over Rey Mysterio's yeah. son was silly, but the matches yeah. were great. Yeah. Where the fuck is Ricky? <laughs> uh, yeah, Eddie 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 was just amazing in everything he did. Yeah. The character he could be and his matches were the yeah. bomb. And his yeah, him and I mean,
0: it was four of them and like Malenko and Saturn were were really good, but yeah. like Benoit and Eddie leaving at the same time it's like holy crap like WWE went from like being like cool to like super great yes. at this point because it's like you've had, you now have the two my two favorite WCW guys their match quality raised oh, so yeah. much yeah all right so moving on to my number three Cesaro Whoa! Yes. Wow! I would say wow. probably my current favorite guy in wrestling.
1: Man, he just doesn't get to do enough for he, me. I'm so. I, I,
0: Yeah, I, but I, I'm still really happy with, like, that he he's become, like, a tag team. Like, he's kind of what Chris Jericho is now, where it's like, mm. every time you tag with a new person, it's like, oh, this is perfect. Like... Swagger, like, the fact that he had a tea party... <laughs> he made the racist team good. Uh, yeah, like, I was rooting for a tea party tag team because he was in it. Yeah, yeah, And, like, that and then uh, Tyson uh, Kidd and oh, yeah. then now with Sheamus, where, again, like, would have never thought I'd be rooting for Sheamus or own a t-shirt that has Sheamus on it. Cause, yeah, cause it's, no Because sure, <laughs> Cesaro's on it, too. But, like, they just work so well together. Mm-hmm. They're two, like, bruisers who just beat the crap out of people. Cesaro brings the best out yeah. of everybody. Yeah, and on. it, like, they took, like, what was supposed to be, like... A kind of a slog with set that seven match series, and mm-hmm. like that turned that turned into something really good. And even now, like they're not always in the championship picture, but like they've s- they're still together and still like a great tag team. Like yeah. I thought, I thought they were though, going to be the one of those teams where it's like, well, now that you don't have the tag team titles, you don't you're not together anymore. But it's like yeah. no, they they've worked so well together. And Cesaro's also had like a lot of great singles matches. Oh, like, so many. stuff with Sami
1: Zayn. Uh, John Cena, and John him could Cena, be rock. Yeah. yeah,
0: like I think, yeah, he, he had a, uh, a U.S. Open challenge
1: mm-hmm. with, when he with came Cena. back this year and was in the or last year yeah. and was in the IC stuff. Yeah, uh, that was great too. Yeah. I and I like how his and his he, repertoire yeah. constantly changes yeah. and advances too. I yeah, like that. but like that, he's
0: like he would have like seemingly nothing matches like he'd be wrestling the great colleague, but then like that, he can bust out his power moves on basically anyone. It's yep. sound Like a deadlift
1: suplex on Kevin Owens is like, yeah. that's amazing. Another, that do something like that. another thing I really like about Cesaro that's underrated is that like, you can say Seamus yeah. is definitely skilled Randy Orton's very yeah. skilled, but if they got to go off script, they kind of like, yeah, do I, yeah. I, I can't be creative here. Yeah. I can't impro- improvise. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, Cesaro if a table doesn't break, he's like, yeah. he, sh- he shrugs his <laughs> shoulders. Yeah. If a s- if the beach ball is near him, he yeah. runs straight forward. He's like, "Fuck this beach ball!" Like, yeah. technically, he shouldn't have done that, and yeah. Vince McMahon might chew him out for that. Yeah. But he's like, that was the right thing to do in that moment, and he knew it.
0: Yeah. He knew it. And I hope, like, yeah, I-, I really like what he's doing now, with Sheamus. But I hope I- every year, I hope like this. This is moment. when he's gonna like fight. Like everyone's gonna realize like that he's got it. And mm-hmm. I think. Uh, this year was this, like, when he broke his teeth. Like yeah, realizing yeah. that he's a badass and can work through something like that in the middle of a match. Like yeah. that they just realized, like yes, people are going to root for this guy. And that's why they were doing it when it was a tag team and it used to be the mm. like, yay boo thing with. with at, at
1: the very least, he could be in the post WrestleMania do love position yeah. of the guy who will face. Yeah roman reigns for three pay-per-views you know that's what they do every year they're like it's when they did it with aj styles in 2015 i was like you're or 2016 is like well you're dude love now man you're in the dude love position all right so moving on to your number three the excellence of execution bret hart he's i love bret hart so much yeah. he is the best at everything it's and it's something like he he, he had like
0: i mean it's kind of like edge but I'm mm-hmm. better I would say like oh, yeah. where that he had like amazing tag run and mm-hmm. then amazing singles run
1: amazing yeah. singles run even cut short with a concussion yeah. an amazing singles run and it's also that he's like what I love, I kind of have him on here too, because what I love about Chris Benoit is absolutely true for him too. Yeah. He just didn't, but he wasn't like I don't have to be as intense as Chris. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to have veins popping out of my yeah. neck at all times. Sometimes I can take a break and tell a story, yeah. and he is one of the best storytellers in wrestling. Yeah. He kept, I believe him when he says he kept everybody safe. I yeah. bet you could pick like, well, this guy got injured with him, like maybe so, but yeah. he. He kept everybody safe. He loved the business more than anything. He was raised by the business. His punch is the best. He made submission wrestling a thing in America. He knew what to steal from other uh, countries. Like He was an international wrestler. He respected all of it. Yeah, and his five moves of doom was like,
0: now everyone has, like, a suite of moves that you expect mm. to see in a match. Whereas, like, before it was like, oh, Hogan does the leg drop, but everything else is kind of whatever. You don't know mm. what he's going to do in a match. But, like, that, you can you know that Brett will do these sequence of moves and, like... He'll do be, it perfectly. Yes, yes.
1: Perfectly. He can do it. And his storytelling in the ring, the way he was able to also... It's the sad thing about his life that he, how much he integrated his family into stories, yeah. but it worked perfectly. Oh, yeah. Like his stuff with Owen mm-hmm. is some of the best stories ever yeah. told too. Like Owen, Owen was a great dude love position too yeah. of the guy to face him afterwards. His his story of of WrestleMania nine to ten is great his stuff with roddy piper was amazing and then when he had to turn heel in america and face in canada it's like this like nobody had ever done that before but that you
0: can be like yes in one place the the biggest heel and in in another place the biggest faces
1: and also i just love that in canada he could be like well yeah we're not a bunch of racists who have crazy gun laws (laughs) i was like yeah he's right he's right (laughs) usually I agree with the anti-American yeah. like Lance Storm <laughs> and the anti-Americans they were where it was at but yeah that, that's why you're a huge Jinder Mahalfa now <laughs> <out>, right <laughs> uh, uh, um, he is a Canadian who hates America that's true uh, but yeah that I also love that Bret Hart gave me a love for most Canadian wrestlers yeah. they all kind of in a way, follow the Bret Hart yeah. mold. Like, Chris Jericho, obviously influenced by the Hart family. Yeah. Kenny Omega, Lance Storm. If they, yeah. Chris Benoit. If they didn't literally go to the Hart dungeon, then they were incredibly inspired by it. And yeah. same with, like... And Bret Hart's internationalism is part of that, too. He yeah. was a big deal in Japan. He learned that. He yeah. He talks about what a huge deal he was in other countries. Yeah. And I think, too, like, he's one of the few... He's one of the few where it's like, oh, you're not an old racist. Yeah. Like, you're still cool. And he could be, he was really underrated for his humor, too. Like, yeah. he he had so many self serious, like, interviews yeah. that you're like, Ugh, what a grudge. Yeah. But, but one of the funniest things, Crispin, uh, one of the funniest things Bret Hart ever did that Cesaro actually uh, uh, repeated recently <laughs> was when he says, who are you to Who are you to yeah, underestimate down, down. Super Colo? <laughs> oh no! Like, it's a, oh, Who
0: are you to doubt El Dandy? That's it. Who are
1: you to doubt El Dandy? Yes. I just love that, <laughs> that he he's picking he's a, a bad opponent. <laughs> yeah, uh, so great. So yeah, Bret Hart really was the yeah. best at everything and
0: for a guy who like did not like talking. I think, mm-hmm. and some people said like, oh, he doesn't. He has it everywhere, but it, except for on the microphone, like he made. The uh, the team can or the Canadian stuff work in 1997. Also, a time when he did not want to be doing those stories. He did not nope. be- want to be working with a guy who said "suck it."
1: And he did not want to call Shawn Michaels the F slur. Yeah. he didn't want to. He did apologize for that. And. He made Stone Cold yeah. like his Stone Cold rivalry was one of the best yeah. ever. That's also you find out that like he didn't want to have that WrestleMania match with Stone Cold, yeah. even though it's one of the greatest matches yeah. of all time. Mainly majority, I would yeah. say to ben, uh, to Hart, and same with yeah. Hart and Benoit's. Um, if you can stand to watch a Benoit yeah. match, Hart and Benoit's Owen Hart Memorial yeah. match is another incredible yeah. thing. Even yeah, even like,
0: yeah, Bret Hart kind of mailing it in a little bit or just not as inspired in WCW. Like, he still managed to have some decent matches there. For real, Staying in yeah. Benoit. And uh, Rick Flair. Yeah. All right, so moving on to my number two, which ties into your number three... Owen Hart, like we talked about, I remember talking about this like the first time I was ever on Laser Time about wrestlers. But like I have brothers, and I always considered myself like the Owen Hart of my brothers. Like my oh, my brothers were more athletic than me, more mm-hmm. popular than me, but Owen Hart was the guy who was like I have the skills, and nobody knows it because everyone's concentrating on my brother. And like his storyline with Bret Hart. It started at no in November of 93 at Survivor Series mm. and then went basically till the end of Bret Hart and w, WWE like yeah. so 4 years of like starting out as hating him uh, eventually beating him uh, at WrestleMania and then mm. like having that main event run and then always still having that seed of jealousy even when he wasn't doing stories with Bret mm-hmm. and then tying it all back <laughs> together with them teaming in uh, uh, in the Heart pa- Foundation, in, and yeah. then even his stuff afterwards, which was like, uh, I think. Uh- Maybe the most botched arrest like uh, a push has ever been where it's like you had the guy who had the ultimate reason for revenge mm-hmm. and you didn't capitalize on the whole screw job with Owen with <sighs> yeah. Hart coming back. Owen Hart is probably a little bit worse than Brett at like interviews and stuff, but mm. he, he had like the emotion and could do it in the ring, I think, better than Brett.
1: Yeah, instead so they turned him into the nugget. And yeah, then and then he was just a joke and then the white on. guy in the Nation of Domination. Yeah. But like, even then,
0: like, still had glimmers of, of good stuff there. Like working mm-hmm. with Triple H, like, kind of making Triple H a bit of a name. Like oh, when, yeah, when he yeah. was when he was like breaking. But he was F- one of VX, many steps yeah. up for Triple H. Yeah. And
1: yeah, I also think
0: and like his his tag team with Jeff, with Jeff Jarrett was like, oh my God! Mm-hmm. Again, you have two of my favorite guys. You put them in a tag team. I can't <laughs> hate, even though I think they should both be doing better things. I can't hate what they're doing right now. Yeah,
1: but and then Owen. Owen was just awesome at everything, but he never... Never got that break. Yeah, I would say that Bret Hart's Bret Hart had a more baseline yeah. awesomeness, but when Owen Owen was like the prodigy, he was just like, "No, this is easy for me." Oh, yeah. do you, you want me to just wrestle British wrestling? Okay, catch, yeah. uh, I'll rush yeah. you up. Oh, you want me to do high flying lucha stuff? Can do that yeah. all day. Oh, uh, you need more Japanese heart uh, strong <laughs> style? Totally got yeah. it. He could do everything perfectly, and yeah, that, that Bret, Brett I think helped him a lot too, and made his character yeah. like. Matter more like the kick of your leg out of your leg yeah. moment. I I like that. I know it's a botch, but I like that one. Yeah. And yeah, I've never been more broken hearted. Like uh,
0: like <sighs> yeah. Owen hearts that Like I and there's been a couple since, mm-hmm. but like yeah, not even Chris Benoit or like or Eddie Guerrero. Like did I feel that same level of like oh my god? Because Owen is the one is of like gone. this
1: never had that he and he never. never
0: had that like he had the SummerSlam main event. No, it wasn't even main event. Nope. because Undertaker versus Undertaker. But like that he never he never had that like championship match at a yeah. big pay-per-view it, it should have been him and
1: Sean yeah. man it yeah.
0: should have been him and Sean alright so moving on to your number two look in my what do you see the culture
1: Yes, almost my number one, uh, but I do love number one just a tiny bit more. Yeah. But yeah, CM Punk. Yes. Uh, look in my eyes. He was
0: probably my like my number 11. Like, yeah. uh, like, he played a big part in me getting back into wrestling mm-hmm. six years ago. Absolutely. That summer, Punk.
1: Wrestling was dead to me. Uh, I checked in and out in yeah. bet- after Chris Benoit's death for five years, but it also was like after that the roster of WWE sucked. It was the PG era. And then John yeah. Laurinaitis was only hiring giant men who couldn't yeah. wrestle. And then meanwhile, TNA was being WCW 2.0 yeah. and I couldn't watch ROH really. It was not easy or New Japan. So I was like, well, fuck wrestling. Then I see on Twitter, everybody saying, you have to see what CM Punk did last night. Cause people were talking about CM Punk's going to quit. Right. And so then I see the pipe bomb. I was like, Whoa! Because yeah. I already love CM Punk when he was when he was brought in for the new ECW. Awesome! And I knew he was a Paul Heyman guy before yeah. he coined the term, and I was a Paul Heyman guy. Mm-hmm. The SmackDown Six Era is one of my favorite is one of my favorite wrestling eras ever, and he was like the inheritor of that. It felt to me, but then they weren't doing shit with him. Yeah. He won the Money in the Bank twice for the first time ever, uh, the first guy to ever do that, and they barely did shit with yeah. it. And And he was always treated as secondary. And then here comes this moment where this guy gets to do... He becomes the new Stone Cold. He's intentionally wearing a Stone Cold t-shirt. He gives a Stone Cold-ass promo that is everything I, as an old fan, wanted to hear. This sucks. I'm better than this. (laughs) You're stupid. And this whole place is built on garbage. But then he also had to win. And he did. He won. It was so cool. And... It was such bullshit that they had to, like, cool it off just a little bit when he just should have. Yeah. CM Punk, though, made the best out of it. Every time he talked, he was like, no, I'm the best talker. I, yeah. He's That's the thing. CM Punk is not the best wrestler. Like, as a wrestler, I'd rate him even below yeah. uh, Chris Jericho. Like, yeah. I'd say he's a B-minus straight performer. He's not, a, he's not particularly athletic, yeah. as we saw in the UFC. But his character was the yeah. best. I think,
0: like, his... His reign, which was 434 days, Mm -hmm. like for again, like in a kind of Charlotte situation, where a reign that goes that long, you kind of like, all right, who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the one to end this? Mm -hmm. Not end it, but like who? Like something, something new should happen. But like his entire reign, partially because he wasn't in the main event a lot of the times, like it was still like I could watch this go on for another hundred days, Mm -hmm. like because every time you have a new challenger, there's a new tweak to it. There's something that makes it interesting. Jericho, Brian, Kane, Mm -hmm. like. there was always some reason to be invested in in his main event stuff, but I think it was also it was very reminiscent of Stone Cold Steve Austin, where it's like you're not the best wrestler, but mm. you just the stories going in your matches have already made me care enough. Where it's like you're so compelling, yes. it's
1: incredible, Man. and that he he was also living the gimmick of Man. being like a grouchy asshole, which Man. but he's great <laughs> at that. His character work was stupendous. He could make the audience love Man. him you can make them hate him. Nobody nobody in the modern age would would do what he did with Paul Bear's death and in like which some like it did kind of cross the line but he made himself so detestable and it was the little things too of like when he was a bad guy he would be wearing the other team's colors as his outfit like his different he had so many variations on his trunks it was so good he always went for it he was just he freaking ruled everything and it's why it's so depressing that he's like you're the best you're the best wrestler of your generation and you won't do it anymore it broke your heart that much and his his I hope after like Colt he, Cabana yeah. thing uh, it like, was quite a heartbreaker. Too. Yeah,
0: but like after after his next UFC match, which I hope goes better than his first. <laughs> like I hope he has like in maybe not in WWE, but somewhere wrestling again. Mm. Because yeah. yeah, no, he he doesn't even have like the Brian thing where it's like I don't know if I want to see him wrestle again. Mm-hmm. But like Punk absolutely should be wrestling yeah, again because no. like he like yeah he, he'll have a good to great match just wrestling wise. But then like just. Being invested in who he is, like mm. it just it adds that extra star. I think. Yeah,
1: he he brought me back into it. He's yeah. the the best character of his generation, yeah. and he can back it up with amazing wrestling. Yeah.
0: So moving on to my number one Ooh. is a guy who, like Punk, and like I mentioned Christian before, got me back into wrestling this decade. Daniel Bryan, and you already oh, talked okay. about yes, him. Yeah. But yeah, like just from the start with the NXT stuff, where it's like, again, this is the reality show brain of mine, where it's like, oh, <laughs> you have this thing called NXT, which is ten rookies with ten pros. I like that idea. I like like mismatched wrestler, like mismatched teams. That's mm. great. Like, oh, why CM Punk is is uh, he's coaching this guy named Darren Young, who is the Miami party boy, and it's <laughs> like. And again, so, so really sad that Darren. Like uh, that, yeah, all the looks, releases yeah. this this month were like heartbreakers. But I think uh. his is like he had some good stuff with the primetime players. And I I own multiple primetime player shirts because I love I just like tag teams that genuinely like each other, and like him and Darren, yeah. him and um, Titus O'Neil, like. They they did great stuff together and I'm glad he had like one tag team title run. But it's just like I felt like there there was better things in store for Darren, especially since he had the like Jinder Mahal like Yeah like, he,
1: explosion and muscles.
0: Yeah, and it's like you're not gonna capitalize on that? It's a little mm. bit confusing.
1: But He is like mega shredded yeah. and instead of, like it definitely felt like we gotta cool him off just a little bit more before we release him. He can't be he yeah. can't even be somewhat known when he goes on the Indies. Yeah. Like it's just it's them intentionally damaging people. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, like, Emma Emma was a huge heartbreaker, too. Yeah. But, yeah, also the Darren Young, like, he was their only... Well, they, they do have the one woman in NXT who's oh, out, yeah. but he's the only openly gay wrestler they've ever had on the active yeah. main roster. I mean, it could be, like, a um, it could
0: be a Drew McIntyre situation where yeah. it's like, prove yourself be. outside of this. Because that's, like, Darren Young has been great. He's been pretty good in the WWE ecosystem, which he's only been, like, mm-hmm. since 2010. Like, he's been exclusively in WWE. Like, if he can prove himself elsewhere, like, it'd be, like, even greater when he comes back. Yeah, But that's true. Yeah, sorry. My number one is Daniel Bryan. Because of that whole reality show concept and, like, uh, that he was the underdog there. It's, like, all of the pros love Daniel Bryan. But the WWE did like like... Like, Vince McMahon and, like, the, the people in charge didn't like Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. that much. And that he kept fighting back. Like, had that SummerSlam thing. The the US title run which was, which was alright then his first uh, world title run which kind of gave birth to him being like this obnoxious like celebrator <laughs> guy and it, it all just kept building like and it was a nice natural build like all the way up to John Cena at SummerSlam yeah. and that like I'm glad he had those a couple matches in the main event slot and I wish it had been longer but like even just like if he never wrestles again, I still think he had probably my fav my favorite WWE run as a I, wrestler.
1: You know, I also give credit to the Miz in that too. Like yeah. the Miz made him in that yeah. way. Miz played the perfect foil of I. I am Miz the, in the in manufactured yeah. WWE yeah. star. You're yeah. just some loser from yeah. the Indies. Nobody cares about you. Yeah, Pure- I'm yeah. the greatest. Yeah. Purely
0: for like. Like, what he does on the microphone. I was almost going to put Miz yeah. at 10. But, like, yeah, Miz has, like, had a great year and is, like, starting to put together some really good matches. His, like his, his
1: Baron Corbin yeah. thing over this weekend, yeah, I it love that good. so much. He's just like, I, oh, that was the best promo you've ever cut I was, but, to an yeah, iPhone. Yeah,
0: that, I was actually a little worried that, like, oh, is he turning face? Because mm. I, I, I love heel Miz. I absolutely hate face He's Miz. terrible at yeah. that. No, and
1: and also him... Him getting internet-y and smarky, too, of saying, like, you're just another generic big guy who's going to be gone in two years while I'm here for another ten. But anyway, yes, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, the greatest. Yes. Yes. But not my number one. Yes, you're number one. Mick Foley, yes. the micker, the yeah. three faces of Foley. He, maybe it's because I love his book so much. The yeah. so, uh, Foley is good. Oh. I've never laughed at reading ultimate, a book except for his. <laughs> it is the ultimate wrestling story. Yeah. Like it is the ultimate one. And he is an amazing wrestling storyteller. Yeah. And it makes you feel for him more than I felt for any wrestler, yeah. I think. And he's. He's also Long Island's own, Dave. Yeah. So I was surprised he wasn't on your list I know. at all. Uh, the I was tempted, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
0: so. Because I also, I don't know his WCW stuff that I mean,
1: well. his WCW stuff was great in that he, like, I saw his Vader stuff yeah. as a kid. And his and uh, and his his Vader thing alone was like, this is amazing. Yeah. You're killing yourself, but this yeah. is great. And, and when you're a kid and you think, like, well, he's just a crazy, indestructible person. You're not thinking of the damage being yeah. done to him and what he's doing to himself but i also just love that he's he is like this marshmallow masochist yeah. basically That he is this like yeah. pudgy, pudgy dude who is still in great shape but he is fucking his body up yeah. so bad every time and he's doing it for you because yeah. he loves you and loves wrestling yeah. and then there was that already his arrival is mankind he became one of undertaker's greatest rivals yeah. ever like the undertaker he'd say it a million times the undertaker made him and especially yeah. when like the WWF main event then had had almost nobody, so yeah. mankind had to wrestle Undertaker for like what felt like a million years. Yeah,
0: but he was such a good foil for Undertaker because mm. Undertaker's typical opponent at that time was Giant Dude. Mm-hmm. Like Kamala, Giant Gonzalez, Kane, like a bunch of other people where it's like, Oh, but this guy who like plays mind games and like steals Paul Bearer from him, like yeah, mm-hmm. the, he makes sense as a foil because he's just so demented. Yeah, he's and a can demented weirdo a who can, throws at him. He
1: and he doesn't care if he wins; he just wants to hurt people. Yeah. And yeah, that he could play crazy, he could rip out his hair, yeah. stab his leg, and then when he would transition into like people just loved him because he could take so much yeah. damage, and then he could get to start showing off his natural humor. Yeah. And there also is his ECW run is one that I only discovered it after, mm-hmm. but his hate for the fans was so perfect of him saying like the guy falls mm-hmm. and breaks his hip you say you fucked up you fucked up fuck you <laughs> and his cane dewey speech is yeah. great and then when he tried to turn into a good guy we became nice mcfoley and showed mm-hmm. off his gorgeous wife he's like yeah i'm not an, i'm not hardcore <laughs> uh, he's like uh, or he had like uh Noel foley yeah. at three be like He's hardcore. (laughs) It's so beautiful that it was him. The only way he could be as a heel is uh, to be a good guy who had bad matches. Yeah. And then, yeah, then when he became his transition into Dude Love and also into Cactus, his stuff with uh, Triple H, one of the greatest series matches ever made, Triple H, a world champion, wouldn't be there without it. Yeah. He gave himself, his Hell in the Cell match made Hell in the Cell. Yeah. Even more so than Shawn Michaels' Undertaker and Kane did the year before. Like, yeah. it it made Hell in a Cell. He honestly went too far. Like, he, a lot of people took a lot of damage they wouldn't have if, yeah. if they weren't trying to top Mick Foley. Yeah. But then Mick Foley could even decide that, like, I'm a good comedy guy. Yeah. Like, I can just be funny. And the way he put it in his book of, like, this sock got more cheers <laughs> than me breaking my hip with an elbow drop on the outside. Yeah. And. The Rock and Sock Connection is one that it like yeah. the Rock wouldn't have been as good of a face without the Rock and Sock yeah. Connection and he, giving him somebody to bully who could you just like, oh, well. And his dynamic in building up Mr. McMahon, yeah. he was so great at that too. His run as a hardcore champion invented the hardcore division in WWE. Yeah. And on top of that, as Commissioner Mick, even in retirement, he was so great. When he would come back from retirement, his his uh, match with Randy Orton made Randy Orton like yeah. Randy taking the the yeah that, the thumbtacks. Oh, was yeah, so that great. Mick
0: Foley like. Four years after he had technically wrestled his last match, like coming back and having like In the best shape of his career, yeah, like he had the I think the best match at well, I think it was a WrestleMania twenty two or twenty three, the one mm. with Edge, like yeah, like yep. an amazing yep. match that like I think it was because he was like I have to have that WrestleMania match. That's he never the last thing WrestleMania left on his moment. like yeah. on his checklist, and it was like yeah, it was mm. an amazing match, and like yeah at. A time when you thought he was done wrestling, that he was still able to pull out something like that. Yeah, and that he work.
1: always he always um, put over the right guy. Yeah. He was never like, I'm not putting. So even yeah. you'd even hear the stories behind the scenes when Shawn Michaels came back. He's like, I'm not losing everybody. Yeah. No, I'm Shawn Michaels. Like. Mankind, mankind would like, like oh, lo- he'd it. lose like Al Snow.
0: Yep. Like I've been a... listening to Attitude Era podcast and it's like, oh yeah, he lost to Al Snow on this random SmackDown. What? I, I mean, <laughs> he honestly uh, lost too Val much. Venus. Really?
1: Yeah. But he was putting over people. Yeah. and He didn't need to. He he was a main man right. by that point. And yeah, I'd, I'd lastly say that like his the story of his first championship win, which was really just a gift of yeah. like you deserve it type moment. But him winning it stone cold coming in to help yeah him saying daddy O did it yeah. thumbs up it's D- and and Nitro then wcw tank, yeah. fucking up so bad <laughs> thinking that people wouldn't want to see him win yeah. it's it's one of the beautiful moments in wrestling history and yeah that he is he is a funny guy who also cares about storytelling yeah. he loves storytelling and that he he wrestles like a fan he yeah. thinks like a fan one of his primordial stories is he is seeing Jimmy Snuka do yeah. a move and he's like, yeah, I'm a fan. And I think that's something I never liked that Ric Flair would give him shit for like, ah, hey, you're fucking Mark. Like, yeah. come on, you don't know this. Is like he's your equal, Rick. Like yeah. he's give mix some respect. Like, yeah. so yeah.
0: And I mean, you mentioned before, but like, His stuff with Austin, right after Austin won the title in 98, it's like no one else was near that level where they could have done that. Like, Mm -hmm. Rock was not a ways off. Triple H was a ways off. They had to save Undertaker for SummerSlam. So it was like, yeah, who fills that void? Uh, Mick Foley does. And he did it for like three or four months, and it was always entertaining.
1: Yeah, killing himself in those matches, like getting getting beat to hell by stone cold taking some bad chair shots and like yeah his and 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 yeah also the The rock wouldn't be a big deal either if he his his i quit match with mick foley is impossible to watch out i just can't but it that was a major moment what he did for beyond the mat too and all his books all storytelling to to, he is the ultimate underdog too i would say with mick foley so that's that that's why he's my favorite as the he is the ultimate wrestler to me yeah uh, so yeah, that's the that's the entire list. How long have we went?
0: Uh, hour twenty. Okay. Do you want to take like five minutes and talk about modern stuff? I yeah, know. Yeah, sure, like, sure. I mean, like, yeah, we. What, what, what was the last? Was it SmackDown did the last pay-per-view? Oh, no, it was RAW. It was TLC, the oh, craziest, yeah. most changed-up, mixed-up card in, that had for the better.
1: Ne- ne- yeah, it was a better card. I don't think that has ever... Nothing like that's happened yeah. in WWE history. Yeah. They had to sub out Stone Cold for Big Show. One like that but Summer in, Survivor Series. Yeah, and anyway. it was bad. And but. they
0: had a WWE show in 2006 that was for the w- worst. They, that, those are kind of... Not as good substitutions, mm-hmm. including taking great Kali out of a, uh, uh, what was it, it? The Punjabi prison Pujabi match. Punjabi
1: prison, that's right. His match. Yes. But, yes, but and this, this one. Yeah.
0: Like Kurt Angle subbing in for Roman Reigns which is just like a guy who's, you know, it's, it's great that Roman Reigns is back in the shield and that's getting people to cheer for him again, but it's mm-hmm. still like he's the weakest link in terms of like, fan response at least yeah Well,
1: and i hope that every uh, but he did it great yeah. wearing the shield outfits and yeah. doing like the moments of you does you still got yeah. it like he did still got yeah. it, and he- even
0: him being like pulled out of the match and put back in mm-hmm. like it served a lot of purposes like for one thing he hasn't had his full match return yet yep he hasn't had a match return with his classic uh
1: gear they got to withhold something
0: yeah and i think like what he did in that match was great and i hope he can have a like even if it's just like a sting level match where it's like th- th- this is good with a lot of theatrics happening in the background I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to see that but, but I, I think sting. he can do better can than do thing better. Yeah, yeah absolutely
1: but like i just hope it's not with triple h it's yeah. like it just feels like a wrestlemania match triple h would call he always does that it's yeah. like yeah this guy's coming back sounds like a triple h from wrestlemania match <laughs> to me like you don't have to take every good yeah. match trip like he uh but meanwhile i hope everybody's sick is gets better soon but it does feel like karmic punishment for them trying to do a sister abigail match like (laughs) no this bray Wyatt match cannot happen we're not doing it and so the karma came in and prevented it and then we had the great great aj styles finn balor match where they too sweeted i was like they gotta do it like and they did and it was great and then fucking finn balor gets squashed by k the (laughs) next night what the hell was that I don't know. I that, I, I I'm, that.
0: I'm taking a see where... Let me see where this goes kind of approach with, with the, that. Because, argu- like, Kane needs to be built back up and... So he Finn, can be
1: murdered by Braun Strowman. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think Finn, hopefully, also... Like, this yeah. isn't just Finn. Like, okay, I lost him and I'm not getting my win back. Like, yeah, I think he will. and I,
1: I've also heard the rumor that, like, well, it is the 20th anniversary of Kane. They're yeah. giving him an anniversary run, perhaps.
0: Oh. Survivor Series and NXT War Games coming up, mm. which are both, like... Uh, Survivor Series the build is eh, whatever so far yeah uh, i mean i like i like that well, i don't like, like that no not, titles
1: on the line that's yeah. a problem i wish it's there like was, bragging rights yeah. again really
0: like i liked survivor series last year even though it didn't really mean anything in uh-huh. the end just cuz it's like oh these are interactions that we haven't seen in a long time and like that that's usually enough but like they just need that one extra thing it can yeah. it doesn't even have to be that big like it could be Number thirty in the Royal Rumble, or like just yeah, a small thing give them something. that that doesn't even require that much booking ahead of time, where it's just like just like yeah, just a money in thing. the bank type thing, a yeah. world
1: title match. If you're the sole survivor, what yeah. it's something like that, they need an extra thing because yeah, it, otherwise it just feels like a big house show with no consequences. Yeah. like yeah, but I still because I love and that's how we started this
0: podcast hundred episodes ago with the Survivor Series because I just love. It's it shouldn't be. It shouldn't it. work anymore. But like that five on five mm-hmm. th- format just works for me because it's like oh this is a team of five. A lot of these people never tagged before. A lot of these people don't like each other, mm. but they're working together in this match against five people who they haven't faced in months or years or maybe even ever. Yeah. And it all just it, it works together, and I yeah I do like the crossover of this. that they, they, they're they're doing it sparingly. Mm. Like it's this it's one match at WrestleMania the the Battle Royal. And that's about it in the Royal Rumble itself. And it's like, okay, yeah. if you're just saving it for Survivor Series, I the, can deal with it. The big,
1: yeah, the, the and the improvement this has over old Survivor Series, which makes it hard to rewatch yeah. them, is like, they can't all be multi-man matches. Yeah. Like, it runs out the gimmick. But, like, last year when they only had one multi-woman match yeah. and one multi-man match. And the tag match. And the tag match. You're like, okay, cool. But yeah. they only had... Two elimination matches, like yeah. that's perfect, and yeah. it's also that's why those old Survivor Series suck too. It's like clothesline, pinfall. Oh, I yeah. guess the Warriors out. Yeah. Like, or, uh, I mean, the Barbarian yeah. is out, not Warrior. And the it. entire card is those matches. Like, oh yeah,
0: that's a bit too much, but yes. yeah, but I think they found the sweet spot.
1: Last year's five on five in the men's was amazing. Yeah. Like, they told a great story. It was like an hour long, yeah. I think. But uh, and then on the Japan front, and yeah. I'll mention like I've got my tickets. Uh, in arena or no? In stand one F, yeah. I paid ninety five bucks for him. Uh, but I'm I'm seeing Wrestle Kingdom oh, baby, man. Wrestle Kingdom twelve. I hope Kenny Omega is facing Ibushi this weekend. Is probably when they're going to confirm what that match. Will oh, be. really? The, huh? Yeah. So a month ago they had the match that would make it officially going to be Naito Okada in the main event. But Tanahashi and Omega don't have <laughs> matches yet, and so. Tanahashi, this weekend on Sunday Night American Time, he'll face Kota Ibushi. Ah. And whoever wins that will likely be the person facing Kenny Omega. Or Ibushi loses and then he challenges Omega. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So that'll lead. And then we'll see who Tanahashi is going to face. So more of that stuff is going to get set up. Same with the tag belt. Same with the IC. uh, I would also say, everybody, watch the recent Will Ospreay Kushida match where Will Ospreay became the first ever British-born junior heavyweight champion in New Japan. That match is amazing. Kushida, it's easy to watch the heavyweights, but Kushida, Himoru, Ricochet, and Will Ospreay they are doing incredible things there, and then on top of that, the Bucks yeah. are fucking ruling wrestling. <laughs> They're the cool heels, man. They oh, yeah. thanks to those fuddy duddies at WWE <laughs> suing them. I, I and- did
0: like the uh, they had a. Match against some tag team, but mm-hmm. the the opposing tag team putting them in a submission move and trying to make them too sweet each other.
1: Yes. They are they are the funniest dudes, and uh, you sh- everybody should be watching. Being the elite, yeah. it's great. It's amateurishly filmed, but in a very funny way.
0: All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Cheap Podcast. Thanks, Woo, for, yeah, yeah, thanks for yeah, Thanks for listening for a hundred episodes. Thanks for being a patron. Uh, we'll be back soon with more wrestling chatter. Bye.
1: Bye. Sentir